Welcome, podcast friends. We're back with volume six of the Best Investment Writing Series. Each year, our team carefully sorts through tons of research and investment letters from some of the most respected money managers and investment researchers from all over the world to pick the best of the best to share with you. We offer the authors of those pieces the chance to record an audio version as a segment of the podcast. Past participants included the likes of Cam Harvey, Larry Swedro, and Rob Arnott. Enough from me. Let's get to our guests and let them take over this special episode. Hi, this is Joachim Clement. I'm the head of strategy at Liberum. Liberum is a UK brokerage firm based in London, specializing in small and medium-sized companies. To learn more about us, you can find us at www.liberum.com. Before we get to the piece, I'd like to thank Stream by AlphaSense for sponsoring today's episode. That money is being donated to the Vincentian Society for Prevention of Cruelty Against Animals, an animal welfare organization based in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, one of the poorest countries in the Caribbean. Now, let's go into the episode. I'm going to read a piece titled, Stocks in the Long Run Are Still Risky. By now, the cliché of stocks being less risky in the long run has been criticized heavily. I've done my bit, for example. But it is still common in the United States and to a lesser extent in the UK to hear that if you hold stocks for 10, 20 or 30 years, you're going to make money. The problem just is that while you are more likely to make money, the probability that your stock market investment is going to end up in a loss after inflation remains much higher than many investors think. The main reason for this overly optimistic assessment of long-term stock market returns in the United States and the UK is the inherent selection bias when looking at these two stock markets. A group of researchers has recently re-examined the returns of stocks in 39 developed countries from 1841 to 2019 and confirmed what many investors outside the US know for a long time. Stocks are really risky, even if you hold on to them for a generation. The tables in the note are really worth examining at length because they show the extremes of stock market returns, both in the short term and in the long term. For example, the biggest monthly drop in the UK in real terms was 26.9% and in the United States, 29.5%. If you think losing a quarter of your investments in one month is a lot, be glad you weren't investing in Australia, where the biggest monthly decline ever recorded was minus 42.5%, Belgium, minus 55.9%, Japan, minus 87.2%, or Germany, minus 91.1% in one month. Of course, Germany and Japan suffered extreme shocks like the Second World War and hyperinflation when these losses occurred. But Australia never had any major shock and still managed to post extreme losses in some months. If we focus on the long-term returns, the offers used a complete set of stock market returns to calculate the probability of a negative return after inflation for different investment horizons. And notably, even after 30 years, the probability of losing purchasing power with stocks is still 12%. After 20 years, it is 15%. 
And after 10 years, it is 21.5%. And in this respect, the United States and the UK are truly special. In my new book on geopolitics, I explain that wars are really bad for your stock market if the war is fought on your home territory, but tend to be Im immaterial for your stock market if they are fought elsewhere. Not having seen their home territory destroyed in any war over the last century or more has certainly provided a big advantage to the stock markets in the United States. But in general, political stability and the rule of law have helped even more. The historic experience of losses in the long run is vastly different in the United States and the UK, something that investors should keep in mind. The probability of negative real returns after 30 years average for 39 developed countries is 12.1%. In the United States, it is 1.2%, and in the UK, it is 3%. This brings me to the point I'm trying to make here. Investors in the United States should remember that their stock markets were blessed in the past with a lack of shocks and trouble, a stable democracy, sound monetary policy that didn't trigger hyperinflation, and a business-friendly environment all contributed it to this success. But none of these things can and should be taken for granted. They can be lost at relatively short notice. Music